welcome to Vikings Happy Hour, where we mix our favorite beverage and talk of your Minnesota Vikings. Hello and welcome to Vikings Happy Hour. Another week, another crew. I got Miles and Ryan here this week again. Um, how are you guys doing? Good. Feeling good. Y'all ro- rocking you your Minnesota me. gear. I know. Where's your Minnesota gear? I got it on the wall here. You can. It's on the wall up there, so you can. There it is. You don't have to show. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, what are you guys drinking tonight? It's it's happy hour. It's it, it's time to drink. I don't know how your weeks are going at work, but everybody can use a little refreshment. It's my first. It's my first week at my new job, so I'm. Things are busy, but they're good. Awesome. It's good. Yeah. What do you got? I got uh I got Angry Inch, Lakeville again. It's just again. As last week. Trying their new beer called Menage a Trois. Uh it's a Belgian triple, nine point two. So uh Ryan lives, Ryan, lives on, <laughs> Ryan lives on the suburbs like that, so you know that stuff that happens out there. So <laughs> his, I'm his drinking, last week he was go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I, I'm just I'm, I'm drinking Landshark. Uh, I found it at the store. It looked good, looked refreshing. Okay, it, it's cold okay. out, so I was like, I don't, I, I kind of want that like refreshing vibe instead of just the like really hearty beer. It looked like a Bud Light Lime at first when you like first lifted it up out of the camera. Uh, I love Bud Light Lime though, so I wasn't gonna give like, you any Bud grief. Bud Light Lime's good. Uh, I'm actually trying something new. I try and pick something new every week. Uh, this week is Lift Bridge Hop Dish IPA. I know Miles is not a fan of IPAs, uh, but it's a, I, I feel like I can only find IPAs out at the liquor store these days. So, um, David, I'm sure you got something from Colorado this week. Actually, no, I don't. It's from Wyoming. Oh my goodness! It's a uh, Melvin's IPA, straight IPA, and they're slow. Slogan is "Live life to the emptiest." I love it. <laughs> it's good. Sure. Straight seven point five ABV. Oh my gosh! You gotta drink the awesome. big boys. I know. I'm, I'm, All right, I'm let's have a good show. <laughs> um, yeah, let's dive right in. Uh, you know, this week is is kind of just give me your thoughts on it. I think everybody's opinions are going to change kind of based on who we talk about. Uh, But I really want to spend some time um, talking about the impending free agents that the Vikings have um, and just kind of going one by one. And maybe we'll work our way up to some of the bigger names um, so we don't lose lose viewers here. But some of these may be very quick. Um, I think they have 17 total. Maybe a little less. I didn't actually count, but um, for some reason, I feel like 17 was a number that I had heard in the past. So let's just dive right in. We'll start with Chad Beebe. Um, he's a restricted free agent, but do you want him back? Or do you, and what do you think the Vikings will do? So, Ryan, I'll let you go first. Oh, man, I I'm not a fan of Chad BB. Never have been. Never will be. I was mad that we kept him over Hollins last year. Um, 
I, so, I mean, yeah, if, if they're, they're going to bring him back because they somehow just love the guy, but I'm just not a fan. I don't think he is overly dynamic. He, he is quick, so he can get open on, out of that slot. Uh, he is limited to that position only, and um, he's not a great punt returner or kick returner, so he doesn't really provide much value on special teams either. Um, overall, just not a big fan. I think that you can get a lot more out of that wide receiver five, wide receiver six um, that he doesn't give you, uh, especially in the special teams. So I, I hope that he's gone um, and hopefully he can find greener pastures and, and can be utilized better with his skill set elsewhere. I'm, I'm sure there's teams that can utilize him uh, to his fullest extent. I'm just not a big fan. So, um, you know, good luck and, and see you later. Do we think that that Chad Beebe, I, I know he gets a lot of grief as a as a Vikings as Viking fan sometimes. But do we think that he's actually that bad, or do we think that like it's just been a culmination of, you know, he's been fight he's fight fought a lot of injuries um, thus far in his career, and I I, th- I swear I saw some article about him not too long ago, but with with the injuries that he fought. Uh, but do we really think that he's that bad of a wide receiver, um, or is it just? we expect more out of that position. I mean, I don't, I don't think he's bad. I mean, he, he has some drops. Um, he actually does decently well in games, but you know uh, what I've seen, especially in like the off season and uh, preseason and things like that, he had quite a few drops um, when he's had his limited opportunities at punt return. He fumbled one of them, uh, you know, just not the most sure-handed guy. Um, again, he's not overly dynamic. So if he does catch the ball, he's not going to break some tackles and and, and take it the distance. Like he doesn't have that ability. Um, he's basically a small Kyle Rudolph. Uh, he can get open, but uh, he, you know it's not open for very long. And um, I, I just I'm not a very big fan of having a guy who is your wide receiver four, wide receiver five, wide receiver six who can't help in other parts of the game like punt return, kick return dynamically, or even like as a gunner. Um, you saw Cordero Patterson on our team a few years ago. He did do kick return. He did act as a gunner for us. And granted, we had higher expectations for Cordero, but that's what I want out of my wide receiver four, five, six is somebody who can not only step in as needed on offense um, when you know your star players go down, but also somebody who can help otherwise. Yeah. Miles, any, anything to add? I know you used to play wide receiver, so you know the position better than any of us. Yeah, I mean, I think I think to Ryan's point, I think BB in himself is like a fourth, fifth, sixth type of receiver is fine. You know, he, he can be a spot a spot um, player for you and a depth piece. That's fine. He's cheap. You know, it doesn't cost much. So, like, and he knows the system. I think that's important. I think, um, you know, someone that can come in and, uh, and run the slot pretty decent. The issue, like I had that that's similar to Ryan, and I'm sure you too, Matt, is there's no like there's no, nothing dynamic about him. There's nothing that sets him apart from anybody else in terms of like he has some of the short area quickness, which is good. Um, he's pretty decent at you know route running and and getting open in the in the short area, but he's not threatening threatening anything past like seven to ten yards. So like for me, that that doesn't really do much. Like there's there's not really much that he's going to bring that other guys can't that you couldn't bring in um, at that similar price. Like I was looking at. Uh, just hopping on uh, over the cap and just going through their calculator and looking at like what the, the original uh, round tender looks like for a restricted free agent, which he is. And, you know, since he was undrafted, his original tender would be $2.24 million. And that's just like, no. you, you could go get somebody <laughs> off the street. You could go get, a, let's say Keelan Cole, for example, is someone you could go get from, um, 
uh, from Jacksonville to be your, you know, third, fourth wide receiver who could cost you similar amount of money, could be your punt returner and and be yep. a, a, a better overall receiver than what you're paying Chad Beebe to be at that at that number. So do I expect the Vikings to bring him back? I do. They just seem committed to him. And I think they seem committed to liking what he brings, because I think the one thing I will say to their point is that they don't really have another receiver that's like his shifty quickness in the, you know, like like he is um in that way in that slot in that slot but at the same time they could easily improve approve over him if they invested that two million dollars in another receiver so i think we all agree that we wouldn't personally want him back but we kind of feel like the vikings probably will well part part of it too is he's like old too like he's, he's not like 27 i know he's I only yeah, he's only been on our team for like a couple of years, but hey, yeah, I now, think he's like twenty seven. I'm twenty eight. I'm not old. <laughs> old in receiver yeah, years for being a third, fourth, be, fifth well, receiver. He'll be twenty seven uh, in June, and the issue to your point too, Ryan, is the fact that he's still like this is what year three. So it's yeah. like, um, I think that's you know obviously he just can't. He was a I think a fifth year, maybe even been a sixth six year senior because of injuries or something like that. Um, that just makes you a little bit of an older player coming out of college. So, um, yeah, I, th- I just think he's capped. Like, they're, like the progress that you're going to see from him is pretty much capped. We're going to see what he is at the, at, at, the, at the NFL level. Now, if the Vikings don't tender him, I think what they could do then is bring him back at the minimum and bring him into camp. I think that's fair. I think they don't need yep. to tender him. I think I think with the way the, uh, the free agent wide receiver class is and obviously the the depth in the receiver um, draft class, you don't tender him and you could still go bring him in basically in a non-guaranteed contract and bring him into camp. And if he, you know, and if he sticks fine, um, but I don't think you should bring him in as anything other than, you know, a non, uh, yeah, a non-guaranteed contract. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And it seems like and I, uh, I agree with uh, I agree with what Mary said in the chat here. You know, I don't want not that bad, right? Like, yeah. you don't want a player that you're justifying it being like not that bad. No, you want somebody who shows potential or is good, not not that bad. So I agree with Mary right. in in that comment there. So. And and I understand why they've why they've why they like BB and why they've like brought him along and why they developed him. But I just think at the same time, like he's capped, and we know that. And I think you know everybody else seems to agree. <laughs> in the chat and I think um yeah if they just bring him back on a non-guaranteed deal fine I don't think people should be upset if they do that it doesn't mean they're going to keep him um you know but if this if they if they were to uh tender him that's where I'd be, I'd be a little upset because that's a guaranteed deal once he signs it so that means he's, yeah. he's sticking on the team yeah absolutely and it, like you said it looks like a lot of people in chat uh, agree as well I uh, just want to give a quick shout out to Jerome and Mary and, and Stephen and Anthony. Thanks you guys for hanging out. Uh, keep keep commenting and we'll try and get to some of your questions if you have any. Uh, but let's just now move right us, along. Look at us talking about talking about BB longer than we should have. I know. Way I know. <laughs> uh, another one here, another restricted free agent, uh, Mike Boone, running back. Uh, we all we have Cook, we have Madison. Uh, I. I don't know if the Vikings will target maybe a, a late round running back uh, or maybe just an undrafted free agent, but Mike Boone's been solid uh, in, in the role that he's in. Is this somebody else that they bring back? Um, or is this just another scenario like miles mentioned with Chad? Um, you know, don't tender that uh, restricted free agent. <laughs> Chad, 
What up, Ted? <laughs> uh, don't tender that contract and, and just kind of bring him back on the minimum for camp. What do you guys think? He, you know, he he's a running back, so I think you can find that replacement level player for him in the undrafted free agent market in the late rounds in the draft. There's quite a few. Uh, there's a decent depth actually in the in that second, third running back ability spot in the draft here, actually. I'm starting to dive a little bit in there. Um, I like Boone. So the the opposite of what Chad Beebe brings, Boone does bring the ability to be a gunner. Um, I, I He doesn't have kicker. Uh, he could probably do a kick return, but probably not punt return. I don't think he's got sure enough hands for that. But, you know, he does work hard on special teams. And that's what wins you that third job. That's why he is our third running back. So if they, again... I, I'm not tendering him because, again, like Miles said, undrafted tenders like two mil. He's not worth two mil, and he knows that too. But if he could, if we can bring him back in at like a vetman deal and uh, you know, nice, cheap, and some competition, I'm all for it because I like Boone. His attitude, his charisma, his his like try hard attitude, love it. Um, and then bring in some competition to to push him further, and hopefully he can win the job. And if not, you know, see you later. Who was the who was the other running back that came in with Boone, who got cut? Oh, Rock Thomas. Just a little... Rock, Rock Rock Thomas. Yep. Yes. Okay. Lots of talent. A lot of troubles with uh, the yes. loss. Yeah, he got some Weed. legal issues. Um, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, just... I'm with Ryan. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I was just gonna say I'm with Ryan on no, that one, fine. and 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 Anthony's point too. He's good on special teams, and I think that's important. I think you know the Vikings don't have the salary cap to. To put a restrict, uh, to put a um, to tender their restricted free agents. Uh, who's the who's the third one? It's uh, Odenabo. Uh, Odenabo. So I think Odenabo is the only one of, of the three restricted free agents that they should tender um, yes. because he's a he's he's good depth and he's someone that you know can can be a little bit flexible and within this defense and they need pass rushing help. I think we know at least my expectation is the Vikings are going to look to upgrade their uh op their number one uh defensive end position opposite of Dino Hunter. I think they're gonna upgrade there. But I think if you had Wanham and o- Fadi Odenabo as your like three and four pass rushers, that's a good thing. I think Odenabo yeah. is a guy that that's a rotational in the rotation that that may that's more of where he fits. Um but like like Mike Boone, like they don't have the money to tender him. So they shouldn't and then if he doesn't get picked up by somebody else, go offer him a non-guaranteed contract. Bring him into camp, like like you guys have said, have competition, all those things, right? Um, I think that's what they should be doing with those with those two restricted free agents. But I wouldn't let a guy like a Fadio Denebo um, go because you could bring him back for cheap. Yeah, some semi cheap, I, I should say. Yeah, I totally agree. I think I think he'd be a, a good rotational uh, a defensive end for us. Yep. Assuming that we address it somewhere else as well. Um, let's head into some other ones here. Chris Jones, cornerback. Um, he's an exclusive rights free agent, so I'm not sure exactly how that one works. Um, if, if it's it's similar to a restricted free agent, but and I don't even think he's on the list, so I I don't think he's going to be brought back. Um, if you guys have any insight or any opinion on him, you can speak to it quick. Otherwise, we can just keep moving. I actually think they. I mean, as an exclusive rights free agent, you could bring him back. I mean that's cheap. What is the, I think it's uh, for me and right for now. everyone in chat. What is exclusive rights free agent? So it's a. I think essentially it's a guy that was undrafted, 
um, but he got cut by his current he, – he made a team, got cut, got moved around essentially, but a team still has they, – they claimed him off waivers, so they still have rights to his, con, his current contract. Um, it, it's something okay. weird like that. I'm not, I'm not 100% on that, but I know it's like basically guys that get, that get claimed off waivers and cut, those types of scenarios. Okay. Um, trying to find what that number would look like. But I know it's not like a guaranteed contract. Um, uh, and so to your Ali, point Ali, here, I guess, yeah. uh, just from like if we would bring him back, we we did – I mean, I know part of it was out of necessity, but we gave him quite a bit of run last year, and we invested a lot of time into seeing what he had. Yeah. And, and he's still young. He he's some, a young. He's a younger guy too. Yeah, he's really young, yeah. And he had some awful moments, but he also had some like surprisingly decent reps on tape. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they brought him back for cheap and and kept him around as again that fourth, fifth, sixth option. Hopefully, fifth, sixth option in the cornerback room. Um, and then again, hopefully, we're addressing some of these other uh, well, addressing with either a vet corner or in the draft. Um, you know, whatever comes our way. So, looks like and it looks like it'd be like eight hundred fifty thousand. So, uh, yeah, you know, so that's, that's the minimum. Okay. That's the minimum. So that makes that would make sense to me. Sweet. Yeah. So it sounds like he might be back then. Um, another one who I feel like personally will be back is Jaleel Johnson, uh, unrestricted free agent. So you don't think so, Miles? I don't. I mean, he had four years to show something, and he didn't. And I I just don't think I, – I think it's it's like one of those scenarios where they didn't get what they wanted out of him. They tried to develop him. It just didn't work out. You got to let him go. Um, there, there's no point in bringing him back. You can go find somebody for the vet minimum that can do more than he can, and I don't – so I just don't see him being back. I think you got to give some of those snaps to Armand Watts. I mean, I Shamar Stefan's a guy that they should cut. Will they? I I don't know. But like, I would prefer Shamar Stefan over Jalil Johnson, and and that's that's saying a lot. But at the same time, like Jalil Johnson had four years to show show something. He had opportunity, especially in 2020, to really take on a role to where he could really be effective and be the guy, and he never did it. He never he never took reins. So I just don't see it. Do you think yeah, that it's a and, fair assessment, though? Like, yeah, dude, dude, given four, that, dude had four years. He had four years to show and, something. He didn't show anything in four years. And I he had I all the disagree. opportunity in the world last year to really take that job right. and own it, and he didn't. Like, I mean, he was real. I mean, we we gave that job to Shamar Stefan, um, <laughs> you know, the starting three tech job because we didn't think Jaleel Johnson could do it. And uh, you know, and to Miles' point, we have Armand Watts waiting. We have yeah, that is true. Mata, we have Mata Afa. I mean, granted, again, I'm not like super Mata Afa super fan. Or oh, anything, is he still but, around? But like, we have some of these young guys that potentially could step in that we don't have to pay money to, like, or like we do, right. but like they're on their rookie contracts or they're cheap. And then we're likely going to be bringing in either a vet or a early early ish draft pick on a D tackle. So. I don't see the point in spending the money there on him when, again, Armand Watts showed much more than Jalen Johnson did well, in and, his and one and the, a half years because he had the, injury that first year. What's the 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 redheaded kid from Baylor? Um, oh yeah, well he's bad too. I, he's bad, but bad like, but he, he at least <laughs> he at least run too. Yeah, he's here, so he should at least get the opportunity to see if he can if he can take that spot or take a earn a, earn a role. He was a fourth round pick. Um, I, I'm trying to remember his name up top. Uh, I I have no that? idea who you're talking about. Uh, yeah, James Lynch. We had James Lynch. Lynch. James yeah, Lynch. Lynch. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, he was really good in college. I mean, I I agree with you, Ron. I wasn't a big fan of his tape or anything like that. But 
Um, yeah, and, and Hercules Marafa, Hercules Marafa is around still <laughs> on the cheap. I mean, he's a guy that you just, you know, you can still cut him, but like all these guys have probably earned a little bit more of a role than what Julio Johnson has had at this point to bring back. If Julio Johnson was still under contract, fine. He's not. Just let him walk. Let him go. Um, I think he's got to. You got to move on. Yep. All right. I mean, I think that's a fair assessment. I, I guess I didn't realize it's already been four years since he's been here. Um, I agree. John. I, I guess I, I agree. I think it's only. I thought it was only like a couple of years. So, if it's truly been four years, um, yeah, it might be time to show him the door. Uh, and if you can't fill it in free agency or the draft, maybe you get him a contract this summer if he's not signed um, and just bring him back on, on dirt cheap contract. Um, we'll start. <laughs> <There are some. laughs> What's up, Donnie? I don't know who that is, but it got a good chuckle out of, uh, out of miles there. Donnie's funny. Um, Hardy Nickerson linebacker, uh, another unrestricted free agent for the Vikings this year. I mean, if you don't have anything to say, we can we can just no. I mean, fly so we can just, a few of these. I, I'd, I'd lump him lump him in with Todd Davis. I think the Vikings will want to probably bring back like a Todd Davis for depth, um, like mm-hmm. again a non guarantee, like a, a veteran minimum type deal. You bring him in to, and for camp again. Some of the guys that the Vikings brought in during the season because of emergency situations. Excuse me. Some of those guys didn't really get a fair shot because they just had to come in and learn on the fly, and especially. Uh, Todd Davis, who literally came in, and I think it was uh, the same week he came in, uh, Anthony Bartor's Packer, something like that. I'm not 100% yeah. sure, but he basically came in and had to learn on the fly. And and so I think if you wanted to bring him back on, on like a veteran men, men deal, bring him to camp, um, they'll bring in competition at linebacker. They always do. This team, like running back, they they put a lot of effort into those players and their depth. So um, like I think if they brought in a, a Todd Davis back, that'd be fine, I think. Same with Perry Nickerson too. If they want Hardy Nickerson, I said Perry Hardy Nickerson. If they wanted to, you know, give him a, a vetman deal to bring into camp, fine. Uh, just because it, it's one of those positions that this team isn't. Gonna, it's not going to stop them from addressing in the draft late, like they always do, or like you know. Right. So I guess yeah, we have Cam Smith back. coming back. We got Cam right. Smith coming back. We have um, Troy Die now, hopefully uh, jumping into a second year. So Ben I mean, Gideon, some... I think Ben Gideon will be back too. Technically, I'm not Did... saying he's anything yeah. I think special, technically but... we got the like red shirt. I think he's back too. Yeah, I was I was just about to ask you. Did he get cut? Was he cut? No, an IR cut. He, I think he got hurt. Yeah, I don't know if we cut him. I know, him, I know like, he got hurt. David, there will be no Ben Gideon. He, he was. Oh, okay. He, he was medically retired for okay. oh, that's what happened. Concussions. Okay. Yeah, he's done. Okay, okay. okay. I, I thought he was he was on the because this would have been his like free agency, um, yeah, season. So okay, so um, never mind. Forget forget that. Another guy that uh, that was coming back from injury, um, or not coming back from injury, but he came back, got hurt here. Uh, George Iloka, um, it's his second stint with the Vikings probably don't see him coming back neither do you guys we'll just keep moving same, on same same um, same thing like if the vikings bring those some of these guys back on the vet men fine like uh, the, uh, these are some of the guys some of these names none of these guys that we've talked about so far like should be expected to be anything other than potential depth otherwise yep. they're otherwise just like camp bodies and competition uh so yep. that, that's kind of how i view a lot of these guys 
We, Dozier we should the absolutely be gone. Dozier is on this list. Let's just ship him off anywhere else. Uh, well, so I, 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 agree with, I agree with I agree with the Dakota Dozier thing, but I won't. Where I want people to understand is the Vikings might bring him back, but only if they bring him back as as like a we already got somebody else. You're just anything yeah. but a starter, because that that wouldn't surprise me. That's just something I I want people to like not freak out about if. If they go out oh, and yeah. get you know other 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 guards, they still might bring Dakota Dozier back as depth. I just want to yep. like make sure people know that as a, as. But if they if they bring Dakota Dozier back with the expectation <laughs> that to be a starter, then riot like burn burn yeah, go burn, burn Egan down. down. You know, do all that yeah. fine. But yeah, Jerome, we will get to Kawan short later. So just hold on. Um, we're flying. Th- we're trying to fly through these. Uh, we haven't even hit the big names yet, so I am going to skip over a couple. Um, Brett Jones, maybe. I think we're both on the same page there, or we're all on the same page. Um, Rashad Hill, he's probably coming back. I think we'd all agree that that's a that's a good fit to bring back as depth again. Yeah, um, I wish that'd be good. I wish Adam West uh, were on watching right now because Amir Abdullah is a unrestricted free agent uh and i know he hates him with a passion i personally like amir abdullah and would love to see him back uh at at a minimum and i really liked what they tried to do with him this year um i think they tried to use him more of like a scat back role and i think that fits well for him and he's a very good special teams player um but the the three i want to hit on are anthony harris eric wilson and sean mannion uh, and let's start with Sean Mannion because it infuriates me every year when they just sign these backup quarterbacks. I get they're they're smart in the in the in the film room and everything like that, but they really rely on the starter not to get hurt. And I think that you have to address that backup quarter position quarterback position more than just someone who's gonna help Kirk learn in the film room instead of just you need somebody that can actually go out there if you need them to. They don't have to be like a top-tier free agent. Um, but does anybody feel comfortable with Sean Mannion? I'm f- so they do? don't the, the the Vikings don't have the luxury to go out and and and, and get a, a quote-unquote good backup quarterback. So so for me, if Sean Mannion knows the system, you don't expect Sean Mannion to play like ninety-five percent of backup quarterbacks. They're not going to come in and be. They're not going to come in and take you to the, the playoffs. They're not going to come in and be good if your starter gets hurt. So, so my thing is like when you pay a quarterback like Kirk Cousins, the amount of money you are, unless you're gonna you're willing to draft a quarterback like in the mid to high rounds in the draft, you're not going to really find a backup quarterback, you know, that you can afford. So like a Sean Mannion, in my opinion, is fine. He knows the system. He helps Kirk. He he does what they what they ask him to do and what, what they ask him to be. And I think um, expecting anything more than that, unless they, like I said, unless they go out and, and draft somebody in the middle rounds or something like that. Um, which I just think which they think, should do. Which I they agree. I know. No, I'm, not, and I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm not saying they shouldn't do it. I'm just saying the way they've gone about it. I think it gets too much heat for what they, what they're doing because he just does what they're asking him to do. And I think people need to temper their expectations and what, they think the backup quarterback's going to be in Minnesota when you're paying a quarterback 
30 plus million dollars. That's all. Like, and it, it's pretty simple in, in that way, in my opinion. So I guess in that sense, it's just a matter of how you view the backup quarterback position, right? Like, I, so that's not true. I don't, I don't agree with that. I think the backup quarterback position is really important, but at the same time, you don't get the luxury when you're a cap strap team to go pay for uh, a good backup quarterback. So you don't really get that opportunity. So at least if you have somebody that you know fits with what you want to do, at least you have that person in place for cheap. And again, I agree with you, Jerome. Like they should go draft a mid-round quarterback and let him compete with Sean Mannion for that backup position. I've said that for years. The Vikings never draft quarterbacks unless it's an immediate need. They need to draft a quarterback, and I I agree with that. Um, But at the same time, I think you're not going to find – much better than I guess quote unquote Sean Mannion for the veteran minimum. Like who who do you expect to be a good backup quarterback for the veteran minimum? That's better than Sean Mannion. And that's not me saying Sean Mannion's good. That's just like I'm just understanding the expectations of what of what Sean Mannion's supposed to be. Sure. Yeah, and I think I think Donnie kind of brings up a good point too. Like, you know, it it really doesn't matter who your backup is. Exactly. Um, because we don't have a Kurt Warner on the bench. Case Keenum was an outlier. Like that, that, that's an outlier situation. Case Keenum was going to be cut. We thought Mm -hmm. we all thought he was going to be cut in in training camp. So if Taylor um, Heineke hadn't, hadn't uh, kicked the door. Hey, he just locked up an extension. So who are we to say, right? Uh, Ryan, anything to add on Sean Mannion? Otherwise I'll let you take the lead on Eric Wilson. (laughs) Yeah, let's jump to Wilson. Uh, I think you know I'm done talking about Mannion. I'm I'm over him. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if, if, if they move, if, if they move on from Mannion, he, fine. That like I'm not saying they should. They right. shouldn't. It doesn't. It Do doesn't matter who back? comes in though. It's not going to be. Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah, he'll, I think he year? would come back if we offered him a contract. He'd come back. I mean, you know, same it's security. He understands the system. Like uh, you know, he doesn't have to work too hard. I mean. Yeah, I, I think that uh, I think if if we extend him an offer, he'd come back. So, yeah, um, right. now going on to, going on to Wilson, uh, you know, Wilson's a tough. I I don't think we bring him back unless we decide to move on from Barr, which I don't think we should. You know, if we were able to restructure or trade him, maybe, but like, uh, I don't think we're going to be moving on from Anthony Barr. He's he's too important to Mike Zimmer. And I think he really is a, a good key cog in our system here. So um, Wilson's going to end up pricing himself out, I think. Um, good player. I mean, I, I enjoy watching him. He plays a lot of fire and passion. Um, he brings a little thump to the game. Um, you know, he, he he had a pretty decent year this year. I mean, from a tackling and, and uh, missing some tackles and missing taking some bad angles, um, he, he did do that quite a bit this year. But he also made some splash plays. He made some interceptions, fumble recoveries. Um, again, he kind of filled in that Eric Kendricks role a bit when Kendricks went out of, like, being that guy that energized the defense. However, yeah, I just think he priced himself out. I don't think he's going to be as good as he gets paid for. Um, I just think that he had a great opportunity to really show what he had here, and he did that. But I don't think um, with Barr and Kendrick's healthy that he can have a big enough impact that that contract's going to be worth it. So um, I think we let him walk. I think we're going to um, try to f- uh, focus on uh, developing Die and developing uh, uh, Smith and then potentially bringing in some more competition there. 
uh, maybe again, maybe bringing back a Todd Davis or what have you uh, to kind of fill that void of the um, the the number one off the bench linebacker uh, that that uh, Wilson plays right now. And you know they'll take a mid round linebacker in the draft. It's it's yeah death death taxes in in mid round linebackers for the Vikings. So I'm yeah, so yeah I'm with, I'm with I'm I'm with Ryan on that. So like the Vikings could cut or trade Anthony Barr, but the return back would literally use the money that they saved on Barr to give to Eric Wilson, and you're getting worse. So yeah, I'm very much. This is kind of a I'm going to vent a little bit here, but. I, people love are, are talking about they're talking about Anthony Barr's contract and how he needs to like restructure or, or what have you. Let me pull it up here. Um, but I think um, for me, I don't think they should do anything with Anthony Barr um, this year. I don't think they should touch his contract. I don't because all you're doing, if let's say they restructure and they they convert some signing bonus into um, uh, you know into as base, base salary into signing bonus, fine. Like that, but th- what that means is he just kicks the money down the road. Like he's got a big cap hit right now. Um, he's got a $15 million cap hit, but he also has a $15 million cap hit in 2022 and a $15 million cap hit in, in uh, $18 million cap in 2023. But you lose the flexibility if you were to cut him or restructure him now for later, because all that money at some point is going to come due. So, and he's not going to take a pay cut because he could go get a, another decent contract in free agency. So, like where the Vikings should do is I think in my opinion, they have a lot of other players they can extend restructure. I think they should just leave Anthony Barr alone for this year. Let him, let him do his thing. Let him, you know, he's healthy. And then next year when they have more leverage where they gain a lot more cap space and they gain, you know, those things um, with his contract, that's in my opinion, when they should, they should look to restructure whatever, you know, restructure, extend, uh, take a you know, pay cut, whatever, whatever it looks like in 2022. I just don't think it, it needs to be done right now. And so for me, um, you know, and I think him coming back, like he plays a key role in this defense. I think we've all talked about this. We've seen people go at, at length about uh, the fact that his, uh, the work he does is a lot more like not within the stats um, and all that, which I agree with. I think Anthony Barr brings a lot of value to this defense. Um, and I, I don't think Eric Wilson is an improvement over Anthony Barr. And we obviously saw that um, over the course of the season when Anthony Barr got hurt. And that's not a knock on Eric Wilson. I think Eric Wilson's earned an opportunity to go be a starter somewhere else, go be a two down line or three down linebacker on another team. And to Ryan's point, I don't think he'll have, I don't think he'll live up to the contracts he gets, but at the same time, he's earned that opportunity to go, to go get it. So go get paid, go get paid. I just don't think it should be in Minnesota. And I just don't think Anthony Barr's contract needs to get touched right now. That's just my opinion. It doesn't mean they won't do it. They they still might. That's just, that's just my opinion on it. Yeah, I mean, I think those are, are are fair fair reasons to to kind of let Wilson walk and, and keep Barr. I, I guess in terms of the ideal offseason, I think a lot of fans have kind of expected Anthony Barr to restructure. So to hear that, hear you say that maybe you don't think he will be um, is a little surprising. But like you said, they might do it just anyway. So we'll, we'll just wait and see. Um, let's switch over to our last free agent here. Um, Anthony Harris. I feel like we're all big Anthony Harris fans. I think we all know that um, he had a huge year. He was robbed of a big payday. Um, yep. Rookie corners probably decreased his value a little bit, which I, I feel personally bad for him. Um, but I still think he will cash in uh, to a certain degree. Um, do you guys think the Vikings try and keep him? 
Or do you think uh, they both yeah. mutually agree to, to kind of walk away? At right? what price, I guess. At, at what price yeah. is, is the question. I mean, you what know, is the market I value? At one of, yeah, I looked at one of the websites, I think it was sports tech or whatever. And I think the market value there says 14 mil. I think that's probably a little high uh, given what we're going to see with the uh, salary cap coming down. Um, but even, even at 10 mil, nine mil, I think that's going to be a bit rich for what we need um, yep. or what we can afford, I should say. Uh, you know, there's going to be some decent free agents out there that we could bring in uh, in uh, hooker, Malik Cooker or a, um, who's that kid that you like from Denver miles or he, he was in Denver at Will Park. parks, Will parks. Will parks. Um, you know, I think I, you can I, bring in yeah. a guy like that. It's a deep safety class. I mean, there's a lot of fun, interesting safeties in this class guys ranging from uh, Niz- I, I can never say his name, but uh, the kid from Florida state Nazir Oldin, Nazir Oldin. Um, there's uh, Cisco, the Paris Ford, um, Caden Stearns. I mean, there's just a lot of talent out there. Our Darius Washington, a lot of mid round safety talent that you can go and draft, have a guy like hooker or parks in the, you know, set just in case, you know, they don't show up well in camp or in the off season program. And you can be set because when you have a guy like Harrison Smith, he has the ability to make the guys around him better. We've seen that with Andrew Sandejo. We've seen that with Anthony Harris. Now Harris might've ended up being the best of the bunch, but there's a lot of guys who played well next to Smith. And I think that if you continue to bring in these kind of low to mid range guys that have some upside like hooker and parks. And then you go grab some really talented, what I view as talented rookie to come in and learn behind them and potentially overtake that role. If they come in and, you know, kick some ass right away. Uh, You know, I, I think that that's the route they should go. And I bet that's the route they do go because I don't think we can afford Harris and he's gonna like, he won't give us a hometown discount because of what we did last year. I, I think that he needs to go and get paid. He's 29, I want to say. Um, so this is probably going to be his only big payday. So he needs to go cash yeah. in max dollar. And they shouldn't. And they, as much as I like Anthony Harris, it's another one of those situations where sometimes you got to let a guy go. Um, you don't have a lot of cap space. They, they used the franchise tag on him last year. So he was essentially like their splash free agent last year where – uh, on a team that needed depth, needed better depth, and needed you know more players to bring in, they could have used that eleven million dollars to find a safety, a cornerback, and you know a, a different position um, yep. rather than just bring back Anthony Harris. And that's not a knock on Anthony Harris. That's just where the Vikings were at. And so, um, yeah, to your point, Jerome, you, you can never have an, an, enough good safeties and corners. And I think, but I think, and, and to Ryan's point, Harrison Smith always helps out the other guy next to him. And I think if you brought in a veteran that's not that expensive, but that's good, like that's solid, like a Will Parks, like a, a Malik Hooker who can who can help roam the backfield but also can interchange with Harrison Smith. Um, you bring in a few guys in the in the draft or what have you, and then you have a Josh Metellus, and I think they might even be looking at Harrison Hand transitioning over to safety. I'm not sure if that's going to be the case, but like you have some guys that you can develop while you also have a few veterans in place. And they haven't really addressed the safety position in a while now. Like, um, it's been a while since they've really um, addressed it. And I think um, Anthony Harris is probably the most um, recent safety that they've really like gone after. But that was in, he wasn't even drafted because of his shoulder injuries coming out of college. So um, they got kind of got lucky with that one. 
but um, they haven't really addressed the safety position in a while. So I think it it's probably the time to at least invest, you know, a, a mid round pick on that, and and you know, make sure that you go uh, and grab a, a somewhat cheap veteran. Also, go grab a beer, uh, says Donnie. <laughs> and we are Vikings fans, so yeah, I, yeah, drink more than we should. <laughs> um, so, I mean, with most of these free agents, I feel like we're all on the same page. Um, but I do want to shift over quick. Uh, we've we've cruised through a good portion of this this show tonight uh, with the free agents, and I do want to hit on uh, the the surge potentially. I don't know if we want to call it a surge in the in the defensive tackle free agency market. Um, it's it hasn't gone live yet, but um, Geno Atkins cut from the Bengals, Kawan Short cut from the Panthers. It was um, was the Geno situation official? Oh, I, I guess saying, I just thought it was. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I'm just, I just didn't hear it. See it official. I just know people are talking about it. Not, not the end of the world. Just, I was just curious. Well, yeah, I haven't seen it official it, either, but I think it's going to happen for sure. So, sure for this yeah, show, yeah. let's let's say it's official. Um, yeah. Along with this last one, um, I saw it today. I don't know if it's a legit source or not, but Linval Joseph potentially cut. I know that he, uh, he he can free up a lot of cap space for the chargers who, who need some depth over there as well. So um, add those three into a, a market where you have a guy like Shelby Harris as well. Um, are there any, any defensive tackles that you guys are, are interested that you want the Vikings to bring in? Um, are you interested in Atkins? I mean, he's, he's kind of up there in age. Linval's up there as well. Um, give me your thoughts. I don't think Limbaugh would make much sense, honestly, just from our needs perspective, right? So right now right. our need is a three tech. Um, Michael Pierce is filled in. Well, he hasn't yet, but uh, his role is to play Limbaugh Joseph's nose, uh, nose tackle role. So I don't think Limbaugh makes a lot of sense. Atkins would. I mean, I, I know he's got a relationship with Zimmer. Uh, from back in his early days, um, I, 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 you know, I don't know how much juice he has left. So this might be us chasing, you know, past stars for, you know, and, and hope that we can revive their glory. You know, there, there's players that do that. I mean, the the Patriots have done made a living doing uh, that during their dynasty years, and uh, hopefully, maybe we could get some bang for buck uh, out of Geno Atkins. I'm not sure. Um, there's a couple other guys that I think are interesting that you know, maybe are a little bit younger, um, potentially could come at a little bit cheaper of a, of a price here. Uh, maybe not next to, to Atkins. Cause I have no idea what his value would be, but like a Roy Robertson Harris, um, he's out of uh, Chicago, you know, he, he's had a, quite a few um, splash moments in his career that I think he hasn't had the opportunity to really um, dive deep into what he can bring because they do have, um, a lot of talent on that defensive line. So he's been kind of marginalized a little bit. So I think that you could probably get him for a little cheaper than what most people would think, maybe like five to seven mil a year. And, and, he, and he would and be he fits and he fits. Yeah. He fits that like under the radar free agent that can make an impact for you that won't break the bank. I'm, I'm with you on that one, Ryan. I like that one. hundred percent. Yeah. I like him. Um, Another guy that I like, I think he'll probably be a little bit more expensive than him, but Larry Ogunjobi from uh, Cleveland. Again, he's another guy who fits that three-tech profile that we're looking for. Um, 
has a good motor, has uh, can really penetrate that pocket from the defensive tackle position. Shouldn't break the bank probably in that, again, six to eight mil is kind of what his market value is kind of showing. Um, that I think those two guys are really more viable than the Kawan Shorts, the Leonard Williams, the, you know, those type of guys, because again, we're not going to have the cash, unfortunately, to to go after that. And if we do go after a big, big play guy like a Leonard Williams, we have no depth that we can afford anywhere else. So, yeah. um, so you, you go and take a Roy Robertson, Harris, a Larry Ogunjobi, and, and you, hopefully you can plug them in at value signs. They're both in their like, I don't know, mid, mid to late twenties, 26, 27 years old, and they can provide that value immediately. And, uh, and then again, hopefully we do bring somebody in, in the draft, like, a. Jalen Twyman or um, Marvin Wilson or something like that who can come in and, and develop um, on, the, on the back end there too. So you can have a little bit of a rotation for those guys. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, and Ollie, to answer your question, Shelby Harris is a, he's technically a DN and a three, four, but like that transition from a three, four to four DN to a four, three, three tech is very similar. So like it's um, I, I, I don't think it'd be a, an issue for him to, to slide in and do that. Um, yeah, Leonard Williams is going to be way too expensive. I just, I just don't see that happening. Um, I think I, another name that we could even look at, if you're looking at like a, a Geno Atkins, you could also look at like an Indomitian Sue. You know, like the Vikings in their three techs, they like guys that are good, um, that are good against the run and are stout in the run game, but also can you know provide some penetration and in, in the in the um, and, and get get to the passer. So I think an Indomitian Sue fits that. Geno Atkins fits that. Roy Robertson Harris. I think that's why. I'm I'm pretty high in that one. I think that's a guy that I I, I really think they should be targeting like that that you know mid tier free agent, mid to lower tier free agent that that's not going to break the bank. He hasn't hit their hasn't hit their uh, um, you know hasn't quite hit their um, their prime, um, but also could use a little and use a little bit of development. And I think but could provide that instant impact, uh, especially next to a, a Michael Pierce who's going to help free up a lot for those guys too. So um, so I'm very much like in and um in line with that one. I think that's a, a, a kind of the type of free agent the Vikings like to go after um, anyway. So I think that that'd be a really good fit. Um, yeah. But he, I'm with he'd you. Be like our, he'd be like our Linval Joseph signing from a few years ago. Right. Where right. He was exactly. under the radar, had some productive years with the giants, but nobody really knew who he was. Um, yep. And then, and then all of a sudden came on and, and really provided a, an anchor for us long-term. And um, yep. yeah. And there's some interesting guys like that. And like I said, there's a lot of talent, um, and maybe not a lot, but there, there's some decent talent out there in the well, draft. I, yeah. I guess I wouldn't say that there's great talent. I'm not. I don't expect anyone we go get in the draft to be a day one contributor at at uh, three tech, except for maybe Christian Bearmore. Um, Twyman has right. a lot of potential, I think. Um, Aline McNeil has a lot of potential, I think. Um, so I I wouldn't put it past us to really try to go after one of these mid tier, like you're saying. D tackles and then hope that they can produce while we start developing our other guys as well. Yeah. And the other I'm name, ready. Sheldon Rankin, Sheldon Rankins from the saints. He's a free agent. He was hurt in 2019, in 2020, but he's young. He's 26. You know, you, he could be one of those guys, especially with the cap lowering. Um, he could be one of those guys that takes a one year prove it deal. Um, kind of like, a, um, like what the Vikings did with uh, um, Sheldon uh, Richardson, Sheldon Richardson. Thank you. Um, from a few years ago, that could be something the Vikings look to do. Um, you know, give him, a, you know, an incentive-related contract, approve it, approve a deal to kind of prove, um, you know, himself and prove that he can be healthy 
but also looked at a draft that had that depth. Um, Akeem Hicks, I don't think he's going to go anywhere. Like, that'd be ridiculous if the Bears got rid of Akeem Hicks. Like, that dude's way too good Hopefully. <laughs> for them to Hopefully. move on from him. Yeah, if the Bears want to be stupid, uh, the Vikings should be all over that. But that's, again, another one of those expensive uh, moves, which, I mean, he's good. So, I mean, I understand it and I'm for it. But, yeah, I think – um, yeah, because like, I think one thing we need to start looking at too, is like, how does the free agency at certain positions stack up to the draft? Um, and that's kind of how you should see a lot of teams approach free agency and, and how you expect them to approach the draft. Like, so to Ryan's point, if D tackle isn't all that strong, but it's a, it's got a pretty decent class in free agency, you should attack it in free agency. So that you don't have to tr- reach for somebody in the, in the draft because you don't want to go into the draft when there's not very many, you know, impact players at that position available, you don't want to go in there and, and, um, and hurt yourself and, and force yourself into a situation where you have to be aggressive to get one of the few available guys or overreach. Yeah, for sure. sure. I'm about ready to just hand you guys the keys and, and and drive this off season. I trust you guys. I I feel like with you guys, with you guys at the helm, as long as Super Briz is, as long as Briz can do the as long as Briz can do the math, I'm good. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're handing me the keys, let me look at all the Oklahoma free agents that are available. No, all right. I, I thought we Ryan almost fired. got through a pod without without doing it. Ryan's um, we only have a little bit of time left, so I'm gonna leave it up to you guys which topic you'd rather talk about. Um, who has the most approved heading into next season? Or there's been a lot of conversation on Twitter the last day or so about whether wide receiver three is important or not important for the Vikings to address uh, in the draft. If anybody tells you it's not important, block them immediately. Mute and block, <laughs> yes. So it sounds like we have addressed that question. So let's quick uh, dive into uh, who, in your opinion, just real quick, because we only have a few minutes left, uh, the most approved heading into 2021. Um, I will start off. Um, I know Miles touched on it yesterday, and uh, in, in our in our podcast. But uh, I'm going to say Mike Hughes. Um, he's been he's been injured quite a bit in his career here as a Minnesota Viking. He's shown flashes of brilliance, and he's also shown flashes of of mediocrity. Um, I think about that game last year against Amari Cooper. He was resilient. I'll give him that. Um, but but he was picked on. He struggled quite a bit, um, and these injuries just continue to pile up. I think he has the most to prove heading into this season, and I don't think the Vikings can or should count on him as being a viable player for them. I think they have to continue to go into this offseason and into the, into the draft, almost imagining not having him on roster. Um, but are there any other players that you guys kind of think, or if you have any comments on Mike Hughes, um, free, feel free to, to go on that. I agree with Hughes. I think Garrett Bradbury would be my pick. I think, you know, he's heading into year three. He was, a you know, their first round pick from 2019. Um, he hasn't lived up to that status and that's, you know, not always fair to fair to players, but at the same time, that's where they're taken. I know um, what, where I draw issue with that too is, I know everybody talks about the the guards that he's had to play with, and I understand that makes that makes that that matters to a degree. But when you're the first round pick, you're the shiny new toy. You're the guy that's supposed to be the impactful player. You're supposed to be the one that make that makes the players around you a little bit better. And that's not to say that Dakota Dozier was gonna he was gonna make Dakota Dozier in anything special. 
But at the same time, I just think there needs to be a little bit more from from a Garrett Bradbury, um, in my opinion. I just don't think he's lived up to the first round pick. And I think, um, I, you know, just someone that, you know, strength has always been an issue. They, they focus more on his run game than his pass and his pass, his pass sets and his, his strength and, and anchor have always been an issue. And I think, you know, he's older. He's like 26 already in, heading into year three. Um, so I think, or 25, 26. Um, he, so he's an older player coming in. But like, so I just want to see him continue to progress, but like make, take a leap in year three where you're really leading the charge on this offense and this offensive line. Um, because, you know, they brought you in as a first round pick for a reason to, to kind of anchor the middle of that offensive line. So I just, I would just like, I just want to see more. Yeah, I think that's a yeah, fair but- critique on Bradbury. I think that his trajectory for, at least for me is, is, almost on what Elfline was on, right? Like, I know that Elfline's rookie year, he he didn't perform as well as people probably believed he did. Um, but we're almost at that plateau. And if Bradbury doesn't improve, I, if, if he has a year like this past year, I don't know if the Vikings even pick up his fifth-year option. Um, maybe they do, just from a depth perspective. But, uh, yeah. Ryan, if you have anything well, to add. He can run block. He fits the athletic <laughs> run blocking scheme, so they'll keep him because they love that. Uh, they don't care if you can pass block. No, I was <laughs> going to say Bradbury myself, but since Miles uh, went with that, um, I'll, I'll roll with Irv Smith. Um, not because he has, hasn't has shown the talent, because I think he's shown flashes where he can be dynamic and an impact player, but he hasn't gotten the opportunity. Um, but sitting behind Kyle Rudolph, miss, maybe a misuse of talent there. Uh, Rudolph's likely gone. I, I don't think it's beneficial, but I, he's selling his house here in Minnesota, and uh, it looks like all accounts are he's going to be gone. So this is going to be Irv Smith's opportunity to – really not only take the the starting reins, but show what we all believe he can be, which is a dynamic playmaker out of that tight end position that we've been missing for some time now, uh, probably since the Shanko days, maybe. I mean, uh, I, I know that Kyle Rudolph has, you know, Kyle Rudolph has been a reliable you know, reliable hands, good red zone threat, but he's not going to make anyone miss. He's not going to make a big, you know, a massive play like that. So I think Irv has that ability to, you know, be more of a quote unquote move tight end where he can create some mismatches and and utilize his skill set to really uh, drive this offense forward with Jefferson, Thielen and Cook. Um, And I just want to see it because, and again, it's not so much on him, but more so on our coaching staff to utilize the talents that he brings. So hopefully, um, hopefully that's a good, decent answer. Bradbury's the right answer though. I think Bradbury, if he doesn't, if he doesn't really pick up his game this year um, and it, and it makes me sad. I, 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 one of my buddies, he, he's a big North Carolina state fan. So I traditionally try to root for those NC state guys when they come into the league. And so I, I had some high hopes for him uh, the year that I won our stupid mock draft bet. It was the year that Bradbury was our first round pick. So I have his shirt C sitting in my closet somewhere, never being used. Um, so I'd like to wear that loud and proud, but I can't because I'm embarrassed. Uh, so hopefully he picks it up and can deliver a, a decent campaign in year three. That reminds me, we should do uh, that that first round mock draft thing again that we did a couple years ago. That was fun. Um, the other guy that I was going to mention here before we sign off was Michael Pierce. 
Um, I feel like he has a lot to prove, not to say that he's underperformed because he just hasn't performed here. Right. Um, but as David alluded to before we started the show, no one in the chat or, or watching will would have heard this, but weight was an issue leaving the Ravens. Um, and, you know, he's had a whole year off from football. And, you know, I think fans are expecting him to step in and just be this all pro player. And my concern is that he won't be. And I think he's just got a, a ton to prove um, to Viking fans, to himself, um, after a year off. So, um, he, he has a very specific role though, right? I mean, he, he, he's right. a two down player. He's a two down player that needs to plug the hole, take on double teams and not let people buy him when, when they run the ball. I mean, where that is a very important role on this offense because Limbaugh Josephs did man that role for many years. And that does open up opportunities for our DNs and our three tech. Um, mm-hmm. it, it is a two down role, right? So, um, and, and potentially less than that, if we know that that offense is going to be running more pass, like let's say we played the bills and they don't get an upgrade in their run game, right? Um, they're going to be throwing more. So that means that Pierce likely is going to be less involved in the game plan where I agree because he's a $9 million player, I think it is, to it's, be a he's got two a five, down. Five, $5 million cap at this year, though. Okay, but, but in yeah, general, yeah, on average, overall, $9 million overall, player. Yeah. And and to, to be a two-down player for nine mil is kind of a lot. So in a way, I do agree with you. He better perform that that will, uh, that role damn well. But if he, you know, if he doesn't, like perform at an all pro level, I don't think it necessarily is a huge deal as long as he is being efficient enough in that role. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and he, he, well, and the one thing the Vikings were missing from their interior um, and Linval was pretty good at this as well. Um, those guys can, they're not sack. They're not there to be sack, you know, sack artists, but those guys can create pressure because they can push back the offensive lineman and, and create pressure for the quarterback. And that's essentially, and it helps free up the, their counter, their, you know, their, their counterparts and their partners at, in the at three tech and the end. So like Michael Pierce might not, he'll, he might still play on, on third down. It's not like he's a, you know, if it's like third and five, third and medium type of situation, Linval Joseph played in, right. those, in so, those situations too. Like the Vikings, like I think him being off this year probably helped him create a little better of a diet situation for himself. I heard him talk to Doogie about that which is a good thing, you know, if he's kind of got a good um, um, diet going on, that's good for him. But, you know, I think the Vikings are going to expect him to be not a, not a consistent third down, three down player, but he'll play on third downs. It's not like he'll, he's never going to be on the field in those situations. So, um, especially they, like they third really, short. Yeah, that makes sense. Right, yeah. right. Well, and they, and they really utilize that position. They value, like what we've seen with the Minnesota Vikings under Mike Zimmer. I know everybody talks about missing that, that, that um, pass rushing three tech, they put more of a an importance on the nose tackle position on, under Mike Zimmer than they have three tech, you know, with the Linval Joseph situation. And then obviously now with Michael Pierce, like those guys have been here, like Mike, Mike Zimmer's always had uh, a stout, but also a guy that can penetrate nose tackle. And so I think, um, I think, you know, he's going to do, he's going to do his role. He was good in Baltimore. Uh, Michael Pierce was good at, in Baltimore and he, he did create some Very pressure. Good. So I think, I think he's going to be – I think he's going to be fine. I think expecting all pro is a little high of an expectation. Linval Joseph never was that, but Linval Joseph was really good. 
um, Pro Bowl caliber, maybe sure, like get to that level. Um, but yeah, I think my expectations for for Pierce are you know to be kind of what he's been. Yeah, uh, and quick, uh, Matt. I know we're getting close on time here. Uh, to to just quick address Evan Evan Thill's uh, comment here to move up in the draft. Um, feel like that's only a move that you need to make or do when you're going after a quarterback. I don't think that you should ever move up in the draft Agreed. unless you're going specifically for a quarterback or an Oklahoma player. So <laughs> if <laughs> it's just it, but 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 on, on the real on the real for a quarterback. So, um, so, and what, where I do agree with you, Evan, it would be a great time to move up in the draft because this quarter, uh, this quarterback class is awesome. Um, and if you want one of those top four quarterbacks, you would have to move up to do so. I don't envision us doing so. I don't think that that's going to happen, but if this would be a good draft to do it, but if it's not for a quarterback, I don't think that it you should because you shouldn't be giving up the amount of capital you're going to need to, to grab any other position, but a quarterback. In my opinion, yeah, I think Agreed. that's uh, a solid oh, Stephen, you shut your mouth. Creed Humphrey <laughs> is going to be a beast in this league. Love it. Oh, you heard it here first, everybody. So if he, if he's not, you just come back right to this and and roast Ryan. Um, <laughs> time is up. You know we've hit our hour mark a little bit past here, but uh, I do want to thank you guys for coming on. It being with you guys on this podcast really makes me miss. Uh, the happy hours we had pre-COVID, so I, I'm excited to to get back to that and and sit at a, a, a Buffalo Wild Wings and, and chat football with you guys for hours. Um, to everybody in the chat, uh, thank you it. for. Sorry. <laughs> Shut up, Miles. David, can you just get rid of Miles's camera while I end this? <laughs> um, <laughs> to everybody in chat. Uh, thank you for stopping by. Thanks for the comments. Um, we will be back next week as we start diving into to some of the drafts, draft prospects and some of the positions. So um, I believe quarterback is next week. So if, if you're intrigued in, in the quarterbacks in this draft, uh, make sure to hop back next week. TBD on guest, but uh, or guests, plural. Uh, but it'll be a fun time. So thanks for everybody for stopping by. And uh, I hope you had a good time. David, take us home. Hey, everybody. I want to thank everybody for viewing and part and participating. Just to let you know, uh, here probably in the next two weeks, live shows will not be live. The network is going to be doing its normal stuff. However, I'm going to be playing grandpa to my second grandson. He is due any minute. So I yes. fully expect to be gone. With that... Everybody, especially those in Texas, all the way up to the Dakotas and into Canada, stay warm, stay healthy. As always, enjoy your favorite beverage, and Skull Vikings! Skull. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.